what it means to be committed. To commit to something means to like be dedicated to it, to make a promise, to stick with it. Now, commit can also mean something different. For example, if I commit something to you, like I give you my Bible and I say that I commit my Bible to you, that means I'm asking you to take care of it for me. Well, did you know that God wants you to commit something to him? And our memory verse today tells us about it. Our memory verse is found in Psalm 37, verse 5. Now, Psalm is the biggest book in the Bible. It's made up of 150 chapters. And if you open your Bible to about the middle, you might find yourself in the book of Psalms. Now, Psalms, it actually starts with a P. P-S-A-L-M. That's how you spell it. And today, our memory verse is found in chapter 37, verse 5. Remember that the chapters are usually the big numbers, and the verse is the small number that comes after the chapter. We know this is God's true word, because God, he cannot tell any lies, so we can trust that it is true. God's word, it should be respected. God wants you and me to love his word, and to treat it with respect, and to listen to it, to read it, and to obey it. So let's see what our memory verse says for today. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Well, that means to give everything about your life to God. He made you. He loves you. He wants you to give your life to him. Now, what do I mean when I say give your life? I mean... Commit your way. Commit your life. Commit what you do. Commit where you go. Commit the choices that you make to God. It means you want to go God's way. You want to do what God wants you to do. You want to say what God wants you to say. You want to make the choices that God would want you to make. The next part of our verse says, trust also in him. Well, we need to trust in God. We need to believe that he will keep his promises. And the last part says, and he shall bring it to pass. That means God works out things in your life in the way that is best for you. God knows what is best for you, and he will work it out. He will bring it to pass. There could be a lot of things that it could be. But whatever is going on in your life, God will work it out for good. So that verse again is Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 5. If you have already believed in Jesus as your Savior, God wants to show you the right way to go and the right things to do. You need to ask him to help you to make the best decisions. But if you have never received Jesus as your Savior before, that is the first step in God's plan for your life. Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for your sin. And remember that sin is the wrong things you do that break God's law. So today, when we look into the Bible and we hear our Bible lesson, let's listen carefully and we can learn more about receiving Jesus as our Savior. So let's say our verse again. Say it with me if you remember. Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 5. 
have you ever had a hard decision to make? Maybe you've had to decide what sports team to be on. Maybe you have had to decide who would be your best friend. Or another difficult decision you may have had to make is what puppy or what animal to take home. Now, when you're older, you might have bigger decisions to make, such as if you will go to university, maybe you will think about what job you want to do, or even who you will get married to. Those are all big, important decisions. And if it's a big decision or a small one, how can you know what God wants you to do? Well, we're going to find out that answer in our Bible lesson today. He had a very important decision to make, and he needed guidance from God. Well, that man, it was Abraham's oldest servant. He had been through all the changes that Abraham had had in his home. Many years had gone by since Abraham's test on Mount Moriah. And remember what that test was? That God told Abraham to offer his son Isaac as an offering. Abraham's wife, Sarah, had died. Abraham must have been sad as he buried Sarah in the land of Canaan. He and Isaac would miss her so much. And Abraham was now 140 years old. As he looked back over his life, he could see that God had blessed him. God had given him land. God had given him riches and servants and animals and flocks and herds. God had also begun to fulfill his promise that there would be many descendants through the birth of Isaac. Well, now Abraham, he wanted to be sure that before he died, the family could continue. Isaac needed a wife. In order for the descendants to continue, Isaac had to get married. That had to happen. Now, in that part of the world, at that time, parents usually decided who their children would marry. Abraham told his oldest servant that he had the responsibility of finding a bride for Isaac. Abraham said to his servant, give me your solemn or serious promise before the Lord that you will not choose a wife for Isaac from the Canaanite people. Now, the Canaanites, they were the people all around that area. The Canaanites did not serve the one true God. Instead, they worshiped idols, which are false gods. Abraham did not want Canaanites brought into his home because they could lead his family away from God. It's easy to follow the wrong way because of the sin in each person's heart. And you and I are born with a sinful heart too. God made you just as he made everyone in the world. And you are very precious to him. But the Bible says you were also born a sinner. God's word says for all have sinned. Now sin is disobeying God by breaking his rules. And you have that want to or that desire to sin, to lie, to be unkind to others. To disobey and sin has to be punished and the punishment is to be kept from God in a terrible place of punishment but because God loves you he sent Jesus to die for your sin Jesus took the punishment for your sin and as he died God punished his perfect son Jesus in your place the Bible says we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sin God accepted the blood of Jesus as payment for your sin. Jesus was buried in a tomb, but three days later, on the third day after, he came alive again to live forever. Now you can receive Jesus as your Savior, and that is the only way you can be forgiven, because you were born with a sinful heart, and that sin is in everybody's heart. 
That's why Abraham wanted the right kind of person for Isaac. Now, it couldn't be a perfect person because everybody is born with sin. But Abraham knew that the people right around where he lived, the Canaanites, they worshiped false gods and idols. He didn't want Isaac to marry one of them. He told his oldest servant to go back to his relatives in Haran and find a wife for Isaac there. Well, the servant asked him, what if the woman I find isn't willing to come? Perhaps I should take Isaac with me and find a wife. But Abraham, he said, no, God called me out of that land to come to Canaan. Don't take Isaac back there. God will send his angel ahead of you to guide you to the right woman. If she will not come, then you'll be free from your promise. Well, the servant made the promise that he would not get a wife for Isaac from the Canaanites. And the servant prepared for the long journey. Now, Haran was about 450 miles away. And that was where Abraham's relatives lived. It would take weeks to get there. Now, the servant, they gathered up all what they needed. I'm sure they took with them food, blankets, clothes, tents, anything that they needed. Abraham also gave the servant gifts. Gifts for who? Gifts to give to the woman and her family. Beautiful clothes, jewelry made of gold and silver and precious gems. Well, the servant started on his long journey. He must have been wondering, how will I find the right woman? Will she be willing to come back to Canaan? Will her family agree? Will Isaac like the one that I choose? Finally, the servant arrived in Haran. They stopped at a well outside the city. It was toward evening. And the servant, he looked toward the city, and he saw that the women were coming to get water for their families. Now remember that when this happened, they didn't have running water in their house or even in their yard. They didn't have that because that pipes and things, they weren't really invented yet. So they had to get their, get their bucket or get their jug container and they would have to come out to the well and get water that way. And usually they would come in the cooler part of the day, which is in the evening. Well, this was the servant's opportunity to find a wife for Isaac. But how would he know what one to choose? Well, the servant believed that God was in control of this situation, and he asked God for guidance. Now, if you have received Jesus as your Savior, you can also do that. You can ask God for guidance. Guidance is knowing the right way to go or the right thing to do. There's many times you need guidance in your life to make a right decision. You need guidance to know who your friends should be or how you should spend your time. You need guidance to know what your job will be when you grow up or who you will get married to. Maybe you're thinking of another kind of decision that you have to make. Why is it important to, to let God guide you? Why is that needed? What might happen if you don't ask God for guidance? You might miss out on God's plan for your life. Because God is wise, he knows what's best for you. And because he loves you, he will guide you in the right way. Because God is all-powerful, he can work out his plan for your life. His word, the Bible, says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Wow. God is giving a promise there. He will instruct you. He will teach you in the way you should go. He will guide you. But you have to be willing to accept God's guidance. You have to be willing to go the way he's telling you to go. 
God wants to guide you into the right decision. So you should ask God for guidance, just like the servant did. He believed that God was in control and that God knew which woman was the one for Isaac. Well, the servant prayed that God would show him the right woman in a very specific way. The servant prayed and said, Oh, God of my master Abraham, help me to have success. I will ask one of these women for a drink. If they give me a drink and they give my camels a drink too, I know she's the one for Isaac to marry. Well, in that country, you have to understand the culture because a woman would not talk to a man that she did not know. If this woman would be willing to talk to the servant and give him a drink and give the camels a drink, for sure, that was the woman that God had chosen. Well, the Bible says that while the servant was still praying, a woman came up to the well. The servant watched her as she went to go get water from the well, and the servant hurried over to her and asked her for a drink of water. And she talked to him, and she said, here, drink. And after the servant drank, she said, I'll give some to your camels too, until they've had enough to drink. Camels can drink a lot of water if they're thirsty. This woman had to draw plenty, plenty of water for the camels. God had answered the second part of the servant's prayer. And when she finished giving water to the camels, the servant gave her a ring and two bracelets made of gold. It was probably then that the servant learned her name was Rebecca. He asked, whose daughter are you? Is there room in your father's house for us to stay tonight? And she told him, my father is Bethuel and his father is Nahor. The servant must have been excited because Nahor was Abraham's brother. Rebecca also said, we have straw, we have feed, enough for your camels. There's room for you to stay with us. Oh, the servant was so happy. He thanked God for his guidance. Now, when Rebecca realized that this man was a servant of Abraham, she was excited because she knew that Abraham was one of her relatives. She left the servant. She ran home to tell her family all what happened. And Rebecca's brother, Laban, he heard the story and he saw the beautiful jewelry the servant had given to her. Well, Laban hurried back to the well and he brought the servant back to their home for a meal and a place to sleep. At Rebecca's house, the servant said, I can't eat until I tell you why I came. I came to get a wife for Isaac. God has guided me to your house and your daughter. Now, please tell me if you will be kind to my master. Is your answer yes or no? So I will know what to do. Wow. Would they let Rebecca marry Isaac? Rebecca's father and her brother agreed. They said, this must be from the Lord. Take Rebecca and go. Let her be the wife of your master's son. The servant must have been so relieved and so happy. God had answered his prayer. He must have been thankful that he had asked God for guidance in this decision. And if you have received Jesus as your savior, remember to ask God for guidance. Even if it's a small decision or if it's a big one, God can show you what to do. You can let God give you guidance by telling God about the decision and then asking him for wisdom. And after you pray, wait, listen, wait for God to work. Listen for him to show you what to do and for him to tell you what to do. God may help you to know in your mind what he wants you to do. And reading God's word, the Bible, is another way to know God's thoughts. He may direct you to a particular verse in the Bible, 
or maybe a group of verses, a passage in the Bible, or even a story in the Bible. You may want to talk with someone you trust, someone who has believed in Jesus. Maybe that's your pastor or your parents, or maybe another friend. God will often use others who know him and love him to give you good advice. Then you need to look at what's going on around you. Remember that God will cause things to work together for good. He will show you his plan. Remember our memory verse for today, Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 5. When you commit your way to God and you trust in him, he'll guide you. And you'll be glad that you ask God for guidance in your decision. Well, the servant must have been so happy he asked God for guidance. God had answered his prayer. The next morning, he was ready to go. But Rebecca's mother and her brother suggested that Rebecca wait for 10 days and then go. The servant must have been frustrated. He was ready to go. They asked Rebecca what she wanted to do, and she said, I will go. She knew this was God's plan. Rebecca must have said goodbye to her family and then joined the group to head back to Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Isaac was walking in his father's field. And as he looked up and he saw the, the caravan or the group approaching, he must have been excited. The servant had returned with a bride for Isaac. Rebecca saw Isaac walking in the field and she asked the servant, who is that man? The servant, he told her, that's Isaac. The servant must have been very thankful. Isaac and Rebecca, they met. The servant, he shared that all that God had done. And Isaac married Rebecca, and the Bible says that he loved her. The servant must have been very thankful. He had prayed to God for guidance. And if you've believed in Jesus, you can also remember to ask God for guidance. When you have a decision to make, tell God about it. Ask him to help you. Listen for his direction. And you can get his direction through reading the Bible and through praying to him. And you can also ask others for advice. But you should ask people who have trusted Jesus as their Savior. Remember what our verse says? Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 5. Remember to commit your way to the Lord. But the first step in following God's guidance is to receive Jesus as your Savior. And the Bible says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now to receive Jesus means to be willing to turn away from your sin and to trust him with all your heart, to trust Jesus with all your heart. Only what he did for you by dying on the cross and coming alive again can pay for your sin. And when you receive Jesus as your Savior, God says you will become his own child. He'll forgive your sin. He'll change you on the inside so you can live for him and you can follow his guidance. If you would like to make that decision to receive Jesus as your Savior and have him change you on the inside and forgive your sin, you can pray and tell him something like this and truly mean it. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. Please forgive my sin. I receive you as my Savior. I believe you died for me and rose again. Please change me on the inside. Help me to live your way with your help. 
In Jesus' name, amen. If you tell him something like that, and you truly mean it, he will forgive your sin. And that is the most wonderful thing and wonderful decision you could make is to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you want to read about this from the Bible, you can find it in Genesis chapters 23 and 24. And you can read about how Abraham's servant found a bride for Isaac. Again, that's Genesis chapters 23 and 24. Remember that Genesis is the first book in your Bible, and the chapters are usually the big numbers. Well, that's all for this time. I'll see you next time. Bye.